Thank you so much for joining us today at our Savior's Church, where we are one church meeting in five different locations. And our goal is to help you on your spiritual journey to know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference in the lives around you. If you'd like to learn more about our Savior's Church or how to get involved, visit us online at OurSavior'sChurch.com. Morning, everybody. Oh, what a joy it is to, to be here. Man, Pastor Jacob, I'm kind of excited to hear myself after that. Come on, that's awesome. And uh, half of that's true, and uh, no, I'm just kidding, but uh, I, I appreciate my friend. There's, uh, life is made best by great friends. Can I hear a good amen, everybody? And I would spend the entire message um, to tell you uh, what your pastor means to me. And I love you dearly. I can count on one hand people that have been as faithful as generous, as godly, as stable, as available. I think we ought to show some love to your pastor, everybody. Man, you're a man of God, and I love you with all my heart. Come on, show some crazy love, yo. It's awesome. It's awesome. So let me say my hello to all the locations you have campuses. Uh, in every village of Louisiana. God bless you guys. Wherever you are, we're so glad. They're everywhere. Everywhere you go, you see it. Our Savior's Church. So God bless you guys. And to those of you who are still having church at home, you're watching online, we're glad that technology is available. But we're inviting you back too. So if you're home, wait, wait, wait. If you're home for health reasons, stay home. But if you're home because of habit, come back. There's, no, there's nothing like being in the room. Amen, everybody. So God bless you guys. All right, there you go. Uh, I am thrilled to be here. I, this is my annual pilgrimage back to Louisiana to get my head straight and uh, be back around my people and to eat. Can I get an amen, everybody? So actually, I set a goal this year to lose 15 pounds, and, uh, and, and now I've only been here one day with your pastor, and now I have a goal of set losing 20 pounds, amen? So that happens every time, so help me, Lord Jesus. But uh, I am thrilled to be here. I, I love this place. Uh, um, this is where I'm from, you know, and, and it's just good to be here to worship the Lord with you and to share with you. And I have a message on my heart that I want to share with you today. Uh, that I think is really going to bless you. I think it's going to be a, a message that will help you literally with every other message you hear. Because I'm going to give you a filter or an approach toward God that you can get right or you can get wrong. <laughs> so there are, there are approaches to God. There's ways to come to God and you can get it right or wrong in determining how you approach. So if you listen to the next message or if you go to a church or whatever you do in your Christian faith, your pursuit of God, there are two different approaches. And if you take the right one, it works out very well. And if you take the wrong one, it can mess you up really badly. So I'm going to teach it to you theologically out of Genesis chapter two, if you brought a Bible and if not, it'll be on the screen. And then I'm going to show you some practical ways you can make sure you always have the right approach to God. And I'll start with a story that'll kind of get us started with this. Um, years ago, it was about nine years ago, I was back at my home church in Baton Rouge uh, at a pastor's conference. And I, uh, after I taught, I was trying to get back to Birmingham. That's a six-hour drive from Baton Rouge, seven hours from here, back to Birmingham. And I didn't want to make that drive. And I didn't want to fly... Um, the conventional ways like through, through where you have to get on multiple planes because there's just no, you know, there's no, nothing direct from Baton Rouge to Birmingham. So you're going to some hub, you're there all day. It's not my favorite thing in the world. So, but I heard there was a direct flight from New Orleans on Southwest. Now this flight doesn't exist anymore. 
But so I had my host drive me one hour down south to New Orleans to the airport there and let me catch this 45 minute at most flights. I mean, you literally get in the air, you come right back down, it's over. Now, I normally don't fly Southwest uh, because it's too random for me. I, I'm, I'm a, I, I, I like order. I like lists. I'm a list. Any list people out there? Just I love. If I had a list of everything I like, list would be at the top of the list. I mean, I like lists. Um, and and so anyway, I I I can't stand the random. Like you're there and you you pick a seat and there's no assigned seats. And I don't do that. I like I gotta know. I need to know who's sitting next to me. I don't want mystery people. Come on, somebody, don't look so holy, right? All right. So and I hate it. So I'm in that little herd line. You know, you're in group B. Okay, I'm in B now. And there's people like, and you're you're assessing them because you know the people near you are gonna end up next to you. And and so like, no man. I mean, you're, I'm working it all. I'm 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 a nervous wreck. And so I get on the plane. I'm with my wife. I'm, I get on, I get on the plane, and it's those three row seats. And so I'm sitting in, in, on, in my spot and Tammy wanted the window. So I'm in the middle. So there's this mystery empty seat. And so now as people are boarding, you know, you, I don't know if you've ever done this on those flights where they get to choose seats, but you're trying to send every signal like, dude, you don't want this one. Trust me. You don't want. So I got my leg over there. My arms like hanging over half. I got my bag on. So I'm sending every signal like, no, man, go on back. You don't really, you really don't want this one. And, and so anyway, so people are coming and, and it's working so far. And I can hear in the jetway uh, a lady. I, I, bef- I heard her before I saw her. Um, she, she'd obviously been uh, spending some time on that famous street in New Orleans because she was loud and happy. And just, ah, woo, woo, woo. And I hear this and, and you can hear it. And, and she's coming. And then when she rounds the corner where the flight attendant's there to high five people, she's like, woo. She just like give a big one and like, oh my God. And so she comes down and she gets, and when she gets where all the people are seated, she literally high-fived every person, first row, first row, second row, second row, third row, third row. And sure, and, and, and y'all, I promise you, I, I'm like, my prayer life is improving. Father, if you love me, <laughs> Lord, I know you love me. God in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Anything I can say, plop. She sits right there. And I'm like, oh, man. So I lean over toward Tammy. like, what's up? And I start visiting with her, trying to send every signal I can. To, and, uh, and so the, the plane takes off. The cart comes down. She gets a drink. She gets, and I would add, she probably got another drink. You know, that, was, uh, that wasn't her first of the day. Come on, somebody, right? And so she gets a drink. And as soon as she gets it, she elbows me in my ribs and goes, so what do you do for a living? And when you hear that as a pastor... You have to decide if you're going to lie or not. You really do, right? <laughs> so, I, so I said, I said, well, I'm a pastor. And she goes, well, duh, we're all passengers. I said, no. <laughs> I said, no, like the pastor of a church. And her next line was, oh, well, I don't like Christians. Well, I knew the kind she'd probably been raised around. So I decided to play along. And I said, yeah, girl, me too. That's why I had to start my own church. And she, and she goes, I don't understand. And I said, well, Christianity has a branding problem because there are several approaches to God that can look similar, but they're actually not. And one will kill you. And one will make you hate Christians. And one is actually very exciting. We can't hardly wait for Sundays to come around. She goes, I've never heard that before. I said, well, 
it's in the Bible. Well, she said, and then she put her drink in my face and like went over here and like, I think she got some on me. Well, at least that's my story. Come on, somebody, right? <laughs> anyway, all right, so she, she, she put it in my face and she goes, well, what does God think about this? And I said, I don't think he's thinking about that. I think he's thinking about you. And if he ever got you, he might talk to you about that later. She said, I've never, she said, she goes, I've never heard that before. I said, well, a lot of churches don't teach the Bible anymore. That's why she goes, well, the plane lands. Remember it's up and down. I'm, I'm done. And she, she stands up to let Tammy and me off. And, and, and so I'm, I'm walking off. She's going on to Nashville. The, the, there was going to be a Birmingham to Nashville flight next. And she goes, she goes, Chris, I need more. And I said, okay, her name was Tanya. I said, well, Tanya, if you'll watch Sunday, we stream our services live, I'll give you more. In fact, if you'll watch, I'll give you a shout out live online. She goes, you won't. I said, oh, yes, I will. <laughs> oh, yeah. So I started our service off like I do every Sunday. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Church of the Highlands. We have 23 locations. God bless you guys. To the men and women in the Alabama Department of Corrections, God bless you today. Hey, I want to give a special shout out to my friend Tanya. Girl, I told you I'd do it. And I, so I don't know if she was watching or not, but she was watching. And I, I customized the whole message to, to give her a life-giving presentation of the gospel, knowing she was hungry. And I always end our services with, if you're ready to surrender, because if you ask me to put salvation in a single word, it's just the moment you let go and let God have your life. You don't have to be perfect. You just have to let him have it. It's so true. So anyway, so I end the service, pray for people and all of that, just like you guys would do. And you'll get that opportunity today, by the way, if you haven't surrendered, just you might want to go ahead and warm that little surrender thing up a little bit and just, we would invite you to jump on in the pool. The water's fine. Anyway, so, um, I, uh, so I got an email the next day and it was from Tanya. My, my assistant gave it to me and she says, it's this long email about, I have never heard the Bible like this before. And I had let Christians turn me away from God. And now I realize how ridiculous that is. And her salutation was, I'm ready to surrender. And so I picked up the yeah. So I picked up the phone and led her to Jesus and she gave her life to God. Come on, somebody, give God praise. It's, it's, it's so. But here's the point. Um, there are, there, she took an approach. So she was actually pursuing God. You're seeing that. Because she had enough knowledge to even talk about Christianities in church. So she tried and she hated it. Why? Wrong approach. She either took the wrong approach or she was delivered the wrong approach. And guess what? We can all get it wrong. And really what you're going to see in the Bible in Genesis chapter two was this is the, really the very first thing God ever, ever presents to human beings. So the first story of the Bible. So here's the theology part. So just the study for just a couple of minutes. The first story of the Bible, creation. By the way, that's the first story of your life too. You were born. Second story of the Bible. I think it's the second story of the Bible on purpose because it's the second story of your life too that you get these choices. So this is a literal story. I'm a, I, I'm a, I believe the Bible is literal. So I think there really was a garden and there really were trees and there really wasn't Adam and Eve. That wasn't some figurative story. I think it actually happened, but God does, does nothing by accident, nothing. So if he put it there, it wasn't just to tell a story. It was to set an example of how he exists and operates. And so the story still has application for today. Are you following that everybody? 
And it gives us this idea of what is going to be my approach to God. What is? And that's the question I'm putting in front of you today. And the answer to your question will change everything. Like everything. So let's read it. Second, uh, Genesis chapter 2. Verse eight, now the Lord God planted a garden in the east in Eden, and there he put the man he had formed, and the Lord God made all kinds of trees grow out of the ground, trees that were pleasing to the eye, good for food, but in the middle of the garden, he put two trees, two, and I would say they're, they're literal trees, but they represent two choices, second story of the Bible, second story of your life, the tree of life, that's the name of this message today, or the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Now, this is where most people's theology actually is wrong because most people think God put in the middle of the garden a sin tree and a God tree and that Adam and Eve picked the sin tree. And that's why we see pictures. If you ever read the little children's books, you see Eve over in the bushes. She's naked. She's got long enough hair to hide everything. And she's there and she's got an apple in her hand and there's a bite in it. And it's because she was a bad girl. And that's not what it says. It says the other tree wasn't a sin tree. It was actually the knowledge of good things too. So it was, So let me say it this way. God, she did not choose sin. She actually chose the wrong approach to becoming godly. Because it's the, you can do it through life or the knowledge of good and evil. So is that going to be your approach? And if it is, the story continues in verse 16. You are free to eat ingest, consume, let it become your worldview. You, church, are free to eat, ingest, consume, let it become your worldview from the tree of, in, 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 from any tree in the garden, but you must not eat, ingest, consume, let it become your worldview from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. So notice it's good and evil. For when you eat of it, you will die. Third story of the Bible. So you're born, you're created, you get a choice. <laughs> Third story of the Bible is in chapter three. Enter the devil. Now his job is to make sure you never choose the right tree so that you hate Christians. That's his job. So what does he do? The serpent, verse one of chapter three says, was more cunning, crafty than any of the wild animals the Lord God made. And he said to the woman, did God really say that? By the way, that's how the devil always operates. He'll mock, make a mockery of God's word. And, and if I can give you any advice as we enter in to a very challenging time in American history, world history, cultural history, you better get your feet grounded in that word because the devil's going to come against God's word in every way. I'm just letting you know. <laughs> that's another message. But he says, did God really say? He always comes against what God's word says. You must not eat from the tree of the garden. And the woman said, no, that's not actually what he said. He said, we are actually free to eat from all the trees in the garden, but we must not eat from the tree that's in the middle of the garden. We must not touch it or we'll, or we'll die. And Satan said, no, you're not gonna die, said the woman. Said to the woman, for God knows, watch this, for when you, this is a detail you gotta notice. He, Satan says, for God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be open and you will be like God, knowing good from evil. Notice with me, he didn't appeal to her sin nature. So he wasn't saying, hey, come over here and be a bad girl with me. No, no, no. He says, hey, let me show you how to be godly. You can be like God. And notice that his trick to getting you to eat from the wrong tree isn't to make you bad. 
is to try to make you good the wrong way. Now that'll preach. Are you following this, everybody? Okay. And so that's why we have people everywhere that are in this honest, genuine, sincere pursuit of God, and they hate it because they were, they were appealed to approach God and godliness through the wrong tree, if you will, the wrong choice. So it goes on and says, when the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food, pleasing to the eye, desirable for gaining wisdom, of course, she took some, ate it. I would say she believed it. She made it her worldview. And she gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate it. Watch what happened. Then the eyes of both of them were opened and they realized they were naked. Two things happen every time when you eat from the wrong tree, loss of innocence and shame. So now I have a cynical view of it all, loss of innocence, and I don't feel right, shame. And that's what the tree of the knowledge of good and evil produces. All right, there's the theology for you. That's kind of hard to understand, so let me make it easy for you. That's my job. My name is Chris, and I'm your friend, everybody, all right? And I'm going to put the cookies on the bottom shelf so everybody can have one. Is that all right? Okay. So let me show you four different ways to delineate between the two trees. So the tree of the knowledge of good and evil says you have to do more. You're not doing enough. So you got to go to church more. You got to pray more, read your Bible more, serve more, give more. And they've always, <laughs> I grew up in church and they were always telling me you have to do something. That's not enough. How many chapters? Not enough. How many minutes of prayer? Not enough. They're always wanting more. Always. I never felt like I measured up. And by the way, I grew in, I grew up in church. My dad played organ in the church in Baton Rouge for 30 years. I was literally in church the Sunday after I was born and I'm 50, I'll, I'll be 58 this year. And I've never missed a Sunday in church in my entire life to date. And now most, don't, don't clap because most of that I hated being there. Right? So I was like, <laughs> man, I was ready to go to Piccadilly. Come on, somebody. That's what I wanted. I was, I was like, hmm, hmm. Yeah, I wasn't glad when they said unto me, let's go to the house of the Lord. I was mad when they said unto me, you know, so I just, it was different because they always wanted more out of me. I had this wizard of Oz kind of viewpoint of God. Yeah. I had this ability to grant you your wishes. Yes, Dorothy, I can send you back to Kansas, but I'm not going to make it that easy on you. Go get the broom. And I saw God that way. Yes, I had the ability to make your life better, but no, go, you're going to have to memorize the book of Proverbs first. And, and, and a lot of people's approach to God is that way. So then you're never measuring up and then you start hating Christians. You don't like the journey anymore. But the tree, of the tree of life says, no, 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 Jesus paid it all. He did it all. You can receive what Jesus already did. He just, he took care of it. Everything past, present, and future, he took care of your sin. He paid it all. And you can't earn your salvation. There is no work that you can do to get into heaven. Jesus paid it all. That's a good time to go ahead and thank God that he just sent his son to pay for, pay for it all. But we still get it wrong. Even in the Bible, the most religious people of the day were a group of people called the Pharisees. And Jesus constantly got in their face. And he said things like in John 5, 39, you're studying, you diligently study. You memorize the Bible. You go to school to learn it better because you think by doing that, you possess eternal life. Like if you'll study it harder, you get more. But Jesus said, no, no, no. These are the scriptures that testify about me. You weren't supposed to learn it. You were supposed to find the person behind it. He says, these are the scriptures that testified to me, yet you refuse to come to me and have, say the last word and have, he says, you're missing the point of the Bible. It wasn't to read it, memorize it. 
It was to find the life and the person behind it. Here's, here's another one. I'm just going to give you four just to make it really hard, easy for you to see between the two. The tree of the knowledge of good and evil says you got to try to get God's approval because he's inherently mad at you. This was my viewpoint of God, by the way. I thought, I thought he was mad, okay? Because my daddy, my dad was an amazing daddy. He loved me a lot, but my dad was a tough dad. And my dad was inherently mad. It's like if I mowed the grass, he didn't like say, great job. He went out looking because he knew I did it so wrong somewhere. Come on, you know what I'm talking about? It's all, it's, so, I always, I was my, so what happened is, is a lot of times growing up, my relationship with my dad, I was nervous. I loved him to death. But I was nervous because I, I thought he was inherently mad. And, 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 and some people see God that way. I saw God that way. I saw God like he's on the throne and I'm this peon little ant next to his toe. He's like the Lincoln Memorial God. He's like there, you know, just no, no face and club and ready to mm, just, just overseeing everything. Mm, 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 mm. You're just mad God. And so if you see God that way, it changes how, let me say it this way. Hopefully this will connect. Your view of God will determine your relationship with God. My view of my dad determined my relationship with my dad. If you think somebody's inherently for you, I, I, I believe your pastor is inherently for me. Like I know when I get here, I get showered with an abundance of gumbo. Can I get an amen, everybody? I just, I just know it's in my future. And so when he says, hey, do you have, and he's going to get ready to say the date that he has an opening, he wants me to come speak. I say yes before he says the date. Come on, somebody, right? Because he's for me. And that's what the tree of life says. You have to receive the fact that God already loves you. Let me say it this way. God knows your sin nature better than you. He knows what you did and thought last night. <gasps> Uh-oh. And he still loves you. If he had a refrigerator, your picture would be on it. Let me say it that way. Like he's walking by going, there they are. And, but a lot of us think, no, no, no. He's looking for me to do something wrong. It'll change everything. My favorite verse in the Bible is Romans 5, 8, that God demonstrates his love for us in that, that while we were still sinning, he died for us. That's the key. He didn't wait till you behaved yourself to start loving you. He loved you as a sinner. I love that. Because it's easy to love someone who says, okay, I'll go to church. I'll do what you said. No, no, he loved you before that. The tree of the knowledge of good and evil focuses on the external. This is the third one. In other words, Watch this. And this is the Old Testament, by the way. If you ever want to know the difference between the Old Testament and the New, here it is. It was all external. So laws were written on tablets of stone. They were, they were external. But the tree of the knowledge of tree of life focuses on the internal. New Testament, ready for it? He writes the new the Ten Commandments are on stone aren't on stone tablets anymore. He writes them on our heart. So we don't do them, we become them. Are you following this, everybody? It's a big difference. It's almost similar. And that's why 1 Samuel says that, that, that it's, it's, it literally says in 1 Samuel, it says that the Lord does not look at the thing man looks at. Man looks at the outward and God is looking at our hearts. Biggest difference. This is the last, last one. This is my favorite one, by the way. The tree of the knowledge of good and evil says, obey God because you have to, out of duty. 
So I don't go to church because I, will, I love it. I go to church because it came around again and I gotta check that religious box. I don't give because I love changing the world and you know, reshaping the face of Abbeville High School and letting, letting the most, most generous people in the city let the church be known as those groups. I don't do it out of the love of all that. I do it just because, yeah, they told me I had to do it. You know, the tithe is the Lord's. So tithe, you know, no, it's no. It's like, oh my Lord, God, I can't even believe you blessed me. I, I willingly return this. It belongs to you. I believe, fact, God, you can have the whole thing. I just cannot believe. It's a different attitude. You're, we're doing it out of duty. No, no, no. We do it out of delight. That's the tree of life says, no, no, I love God out of the joy of loving God. I, one of my pet peeves about ministers, my profession, is when a pastor or a church leader says, yeah, especially when they're older and they've been doing it a long time and they'll say things like this. It happens all the time. Yeah, 35 years ago, I surrendered to the ministry. Like I didn't want to do it, but I did. <laughs> Y'all, I'm a C student from Baton Rouge. Like on my, where are my C student people at? Where y'all at? Just help a brother out. Thank you very much. Can't stand all you A people. I just want y'all to know that. Just <laughs> messing up the curve and everything. Just <laughs> stay home once in a while anyway. But. Y'all, I'm, I'm, I'm C student on my best day. I am not the person you pick to do what I'm doing. And I just can't believe he picked me. And so I approached ministry. I just can't believe I get to do this. I cannot believe I would have never picked me. And, it, and it's, a, it's a different attitude that I'm worshiping God and serving God out of delight. It's a delight. Can't, I cannot believe it. I have this little sign. So we have a stage like this, but it's a proscenium. Like, a, like a, um, if you went to a theater type stage, so there's a backstage, so I can come out from the stage, so it, it comes, the side parts come out a little bit further. It's called a proscenium, and on the, so while the, the, the video stuff's playing, I'm over there kind of getting my game face on and getting a little, little taste of water and getting, looking, because I usually preach without any notes at all, so I'm, I'm, I'm trying to memorize my sermon, just get it all in me, and, and I'm over there praying, oh God, please don't send me out there unless you come with me, and I'm saying things like that, and I have a little sign there and it's my little play like a champion. It's, it's my little win bar, like at LSU before they run out, you know, it's, it's, but this is mine. And it says, it's a privilege to be on this stage. Thank you for choosing me. Like, I didn't earn this. You gave me this, and, I can, and I'd have never picked me. And so I got my hand on it, and it's my little play like a champion today sign. And it's a different approach so that when I do what I do, you can't pay me to do it. Because my approach is in the tree of life instead of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Are y'all following me, everybody? And that, yeah, yeah. That's why the first John 5, 3 says, for this is love for God to obey his commands. Don't stop there. But his commands are not burdensome. I don't have to do it. I want to do it. And that's what I'm trying to give you. So how do we get there? Let me close. Three ways. This is say, well, how do I be a tree life person? Because you can have a tree life home. You can do your finances with the tree of life. You can do your attitude in the tree of life. You can, your marriage can be in the, or you can be in the knowledge of good and evil. How do you do it? Here's the first thing. Fall in love. Like the secret to Christianity. What Tanya was missing was she wasn't in love. She knew she had to do it. She didn't want to burn in hell. <laughs> That's not enough motivation. Like got my fire insurance. No, 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 no. No, 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 that's not what it's about. Fall in love with the person of Jesus Christ. 
Like you can know him. My favorite, my favorite sentence Jesus ever said is in John 14, 15, where he said, put it on the screen for me, guys. If you love me, comma, you will obey what I command. Now, if you read that out of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, here's how it goes. Don't tell me you love me if you're not going to do what I told you to do. If you love me, you will obey what I command. That's how I know if you love me, if you're obeying what I command. That's not what it says. It says, hey, if you love me, you'll obey what I command. If you fall in love with me, this is what happens. You want to do the commands. And my question to you, church, is what side of the comma are you living on? I mean, because if, let me say it this way, we do both, but we got to do the right one first. So are you obeying first to fall in love or are you falling in love to obey? And the choice, there's two, is the most important choice of your life. I'm preaching about 43.5% better than you're responding. That was good right there. Come on, everybody, right? Right, all right, okay. <laughs> I love this. I can fulfill the commands of the Bible better by falling in, in love with God than trying to obey everything. I can fulfill the commands of God better. That's the tree of life. Here's number two. This one's my favorite point of the day. Of course, the last one was until I got to this one. But here's, a set. here's, here's my favorite point, and that is, now we respond to sin with life. Because why, why? Because you're going to sin still. And you ready for this? So are other people. And you ready for this? Don't miss this. And your response to your own sin and other people's sin tells what tree you're in. I want you to let, yeah, let that soak in for a second. <laughs> Because our response to sin, because it still happens where we do things, right? But our response determines. So when you sin, did you run to God or from him? When people sin, do you condemn them or show them the way out? Our response to sin determines what tree we're in. The way you treat your kids, parents, I encourage you, you better, you better train them through the tree of life. You can hate on them for doing what they did, or you can show them how this is the better way to do it. I only had one child, I have five kids, everybody, a lot of kids, I have a lot of kids, that's a lot. People ask me if I'm Catholic, no, just like my wife, that's all, you know, just, I um, just got a lot. And so we, I wanted two, Tammy wanted three, we had five, we should, should have had the same ones anyway, so, um, but just a lot. And uh, my middle son, David, this is one of the children that Pastor Jacob has helped me immensely with, uh, who, by the way, let me go ahead and tell you the end of the story right now. He's, he's, he loves God as, as much as any human being I know. But uh, I did get a call one night at 11 o'clock um, uh, from the police that they were taking him to jail for, for underage drinking and et cetera. Okay, so I'll leave it at that. Okay. And so, um, so I get called at 11 o'clock and they ask me to come to the scene. And so I go there and you see police lights and that's a terrible feeling, right? I'm, I'm confessing in front of y'all. Y'all probably aren't used to pastors telling you stories like this. Confession is good for the soul, but bad for the reputation. Amen, everybody. Here we go. All right. So yes, we have these issues too as pastors. And so anyway, the lights are on. And when I walk up, 
there's this dad who got there ahead of me uh, who's already yelling at his son. And I mean like, that's it. Taking you to some military academy. I'm going to put you away. I'm done with you. I'm done with you, man. And like, this is what, and I was thinking, oh my Lord, I need to get this right. And my son was in the back seat of the car and, <laughs> and I walked up and the window was down and I went, hey buddy, what's up? <laughs> and he bawls crying. And I said, I have never loved you more than I do right now. And you have never needed me more than now you need me right now. And y'all, he's on the other side of it because I gave it to him through the tree of life. It's a difference. Two approaches right there in front of you. Listen to me. John three seventeen says, God did not go to all the trouble of sending his son Jesus merely to point an accusing finger, telling the world how bad it was, he came to help to put the world right again. Come on, somebody say amen right there. This is the Bible. This is a tree of life. <laughs> the way I like to say it is, Jesus came to set me free, not make me sorry. Here's the last one. And that is we have to guard our hearts from going back because you can eat out of the tree of life and start your journey there. And then you start hating on the world and you hate what's going on in culture. and You hate what's going on in DC and you hate what's going on on Facebook. I call it face bag. But anyway, whatever it is, right? Just get off of it. And it'll pull you into the other tree. In fact, I think there's a vine from each tree to each tree. So I'm over here in the tree of life, but that vine to the other trees right there. And somebody does something I don't like or I just get mad about something. And I grab it and And this happens over and over again. 2020 did it to a lot of us. Because crisis kills so everything bad is up. Churches have never been more essential. That's the word they keep throwing around. They've never been more essential. Suicide's up, addiction's up, drug abuse is up, divorce is up, domestic violence is up, depression's up, everything's up. Mental health is crashing. In fact, Gallup just did a study, a survey of the mental health of Americans, and they did every category they could think, married or not married, both down, mental health crashing, black, white, both down, Republican, Democrat, both down, um, income, high income, low income, both down. This is Gallup. You can go look it up yourself, by the way. This is you could, easy to find poll. Only one category is up. Only one. You ready for it? Those who attended church weekly. This is a secular poll. Why? Why? Last verse. 1 John 5, 12. Because he who has the son has life. And he who does not have the son, <laughs> this is real profound, isn't it? Does not have life. End of story. End of survey. 
eat out of the tree of life. Come on, church, eat out of the tree of life. Amen? You got it? You got it? Come on up, Pastor Jacob. Let me pray. Father, thank you for this amazing church. Thank you for what you're doing here. We worship, honor, and adore you. And Lord, I invite the church just to grab the right tree, Lord, to make the right choice. And I'm asking God for you to move at every location, every person watching online, in their marriages, in their finances, in every part of their life. God, let us be tree of life people. And even like Tanya, God, that you would draw people to yourself today. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen.